Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Tuesday mornings during the football season, this 6 a.m. hour is dedicated to our college football coaches. They've all got media availability on Monday. Gary Anderson actually comes on our show, plus he has a press conference on Monday. And we're going to start with Gary Anderson and talk a little Utah State football right now. Kyle and Kalani are coming up, but first, Gary Anderson, the coach of the Aggies. Coach, good morning. Good morning, guys. So you've had the weekend, like uh, Aggie fans who've been spending the weekend mulling over what could have gone differently, what could have been done differently, and you've had the same amount of time to look at the film and think that. Uh, What do you think after that uh, heartbreaking loss at Wake Forest? Well, it it was a a very tough loss, obviously. Um, There's much uh, to improve upon. Um, We have to look at the good and evaluate it. We have to look at the average and evaluate it. We have to look at the poor and evaluate it. And there was all in that football game. And at the end of the day, we look at the plan to win, and we didn't, you know, we didn't uh, put ourselves in a position to be able to to win that football game. Um, yeah, I thought it was a sloppy first game, quite frankly. Uh, probably Wake Forest is probably saying the same thing in in some different areas. Uh, you know, just the turnovers and just uh, you know, we were inconsistent in the back end on defense, um, especially at the corner position, and we need to coach him better and help him get better. Um, I thought we did a nice job in the run game. Um, the, our our turnovers were absolutely critical and crucial um the ones we didn't get and uh, you know we score a touchdown maybe the game's different but we get a holding penalty in the back end and you know our turnovers that we had were very costly for us the offense was efficient um you know you get 600 plus yards 35 points in in that many yards you'd want more points and that's what we look at and we understand and evaluate but uh I did some good things. Some kids made some tremendous plays. I think COC had a great game and uh, made some tremendous plays. And the throw game overall was uh, was a positive, except for obviously the interceptions. Uh, Jalen came in as uh, his first game with us and had a tremendous game. It was great to see him. I thought we stopped the run well against a very physical and, a, and a, I think, a, a quality offensive line. Um, so there's some good, but it's not good enough because at the end of the day we lost the football game. It's highly disappointing, and uh, we're excited to have a great big giant chip on our shoulders as we move forward and get ready for this week. We'll start today at 1 o'clock. We evaluated the film this morning with the kids, and we're, we're ready to move on. But uh, I expect uh, a lot of progress from coaches and players as we go through this week. So listening to your post-game show, you know, when you lose a close game like this, there's all sorts of uh, what-ifs and all that stuff and second guesses. So and I'm right there second-guessing, so take it in the context. I'm wondering how much your uh, success or lack of, uh, particularly on the defensive end when you say in the back end at the corner spot, about the play calling on that next-to-last possession where you ran it three times. It seemed like you can get a first down, and the game might have been over. As you evaluate that, how comfortable were with you with that as far as the play calling and then giving the ball back to Wake Forest? Yeah, there's there's no doubt. And it's something that we've discussed, exactly who are we and what we're going to be in those situations. And we felt like, and quite frankly, we – we had a great opportunity and we didn't make the proper decision so again that goes back on you know we can we can point fingers wherever we want but uh as a whole to answer the question first i would say uh, you, we did make a decision to say hey, we we will be able to run this ball and be able to get to, to two first downs to be able to end it we had an opportunity with the play call we didn't execute it correctly enough they were bringing pressure um you know yada 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 at the end but that is something that we have discussed is is our philosophy at that point going to be a 
you know, be who we are and, and, and throw the ball in the situation and be able to deal with the with the uh, what comes our way, or is it a team that we think that we could you know run the ball and uh, and get those first downs? That's kind of a a little bit of a week to week scenario and situation, I believe. First game, we felt that was our plan was to go in there. We felt if we got in that spot, we could get in there and run it, um, and it failed. And so we have to be able to reevaluate that and see where we go, and it'll change week by week by by opponent um, by defense that we're facing. But you know, there's a lot of those things, and I look at myself and say, you know, you should should have kicked the first field goal too. Um, and uh, you know, it's a three-point game, like you said. There's probably 30 things on both sides of the ball. You know, we don't stop one of those fourth downs. Da 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 da. They they do this, we do that. Um, so there is it's a, it's a back and forth game, and those are things that are agonizing to to look at and have to go through. But they do have to be discussed and make sure we're doing what we believe is best for the kids in the program to execute in those critical moments. So with all the new offensive starters, I wasn't really sure who you were going to be. Um, thought you'd want to highlight Jordan Love if you had the talent around him to do it. 48 passes, 31 rushes. Is that who you are going forward? Because that's uh, that surprised me a little bit. I'm not going to kid you. Yeah, um, I think we'd like to be more of a 50-50 team uh, in the correct scenario. Well, you know, you're breaking a new offensive line. It's an extremely aggressive defense. Um, but if the day has given us an opportunity to be able to, to throw the ball, we had some big plays. Uh, do we want to be able to run the ball uh, better and be more effective we had some we had some big runs um just like we had some big pass plays and i would say if we're going to be a quality offense we need to be better in the controlled passing game and we need to be much better in the short yardage run game um it wasn't just one time we didn't succeed in the short yardage it was it was basically every time um so that would lead you to say we're not running the ball effectively we better try to throw the ball to be able to get it down the field and and be able to score in a game that was obviously going to be uh, a fairly high scoring affair so uh, if we had a a perfect pitcher i'd like to be close to a 50 50 team um, maybe with the jordan love 60 40 towards the throw because he's such a talented young man Uh, but uh, you know on that day it was a little bit more obviously towards the throw no excuses, and you'll be the first to say that for sure. We all know yep. that from you. I'm wondering how much of the newness of the situation, and by newness I mean entirely a new coaching staff and all that, played into maybe a defeat. I don't think it was a, a not a factor at all. Um, kids traveled extremely well. We walked them through all the scenarios. Uh, I don't think there was any any newness other than the fact that it was a game day. Um, you know, they travel across the country very well. Um, just this class act kids from top to bottom. I don't think anything of the game day as far as what happened with the game and where it went. I think we were playing a a, a good football team. Um, we'll see as the year goes on how good we both are. But I think it was two good football teams that battled out. It came down to the last play of the game, and you know we're both going to look ourselves and evaluate and say, as you do every game. But in first games, you look back and say, hey, there's a a lot of plays that could have gone here, could have gone there, that would have given us an opportunity to be able to win the football game. And um, not point fingers in a negative way, but actually look at ourselves and say, hey, we uh, you know we can definitely improve. And, and but there was some really good things. I thought our our defensive line stood up against a a big physical stout group. We knew we were going to have a struggle with those receivers. Those receivers are tall, they're big, they're physical, um, they're very talented players. We knew that was going to be an issue. Um, but we need to play better back there, even though that was an issue. Again, it's not an excuse. It's something that we got to look at and say we need to play better against bigger, taller receivers and give ourselves an opportunity, which uh, you know we we worked through the scheme to try to help them as we went through it. But uh, you know, sometimes every coverage is man coverage, and we got to do our best to, to be able to play in that position. 
Um, and it, it goes through. You know, we, we didn't punt the ball as well as we should have. There's some, but other things we did great. So uh, no excuses as far as, hey, we, you know, first time traveling, blah, 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 whatever's going to be new coaches. I, I thought the kids handled the scenario very, very well. Gary, they ran 105 plays. What can you do to shorten the game and get them off the field? Because if you have to defend 105 yep. plays, they're, they're going to be problems. Can't do it. You know, you got you got to filter that in and, and understand where they're at. And the biggest thing is a lot of times they they had the ability, and this offense likes to say they like to play first and ten, and then, you know, they'll, they'll throw the ball around and do what they do a little bit, but ultimately their goal is to get four or five yards and stay in a control down the second down and be at third and short and have their RPOs in there. They don't like to drop back pass, and, you know, they were able to do that a little bit too much at the time, and, um, you know, then we uh, obviously we had a few turnovers in that situation that they gave them the ball back, and you know, the, the hard ones are when they get a 15-play drive, we end up stopping them, they get no points, and then, you know, two, two or three plays later we're right back on the field so when you're playing with pace you have to understand that is going to come your way that's part of the drill now 105 snaps no that's not what we want so what we're getting is we did again we did not have sustained drives on offense when we scored they were fast they were quick which is awesome and keep the pedal to the metal and be able to go and score if you can score fast that's great but there still needs to be some times when you know we're running the ball effectively we're moving the ball down the field even though we're still playing with pace we're on the field for a little bit uh scoring touchdowns is great you know if they score touchdowns and five snaps every single time they get the ball that's great but the three and outs are something that are, are, are very difficult. But, you know, when you play pace in that setting, there's going to be weeks when you, uh, you're you up against it and have to play a lot of snaps. And how do you fix that? You adjust the defense to understand that, hey, this was we were on the field for a long time. We just had a three and out. We have to have a two deep that can go in there and have other kids that can go play um, when the first unit may be tired. And that's just the – that's the fact of the matter, and try to get get off the field as fast as you can. And there is some strategy to that also. But uh, you know, you play with whatever you're dealt with in every game in those certain situations. Did you contemplate after the big play and they got down to the one, maybe letting them score so you could have more time with the timeouts on offense? You know, those things always go through your brain. Um, it's just not in my DNA to do that. I just I can't do it. Yes, did I think about that? Um, I just can't. I can't tell a team to let somebody go score. I just I'm not I'm not built that way. So, right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, yeah, and it almost worked out. Yeah, it we almost did. Yeah, from, haven't worked Fourth out. Fourth down. So, yep, yep. And then when then we got the ball back, but you know that 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 should carry us in those short yard situations for those kids to be able to bow up and understand. They did it all all game long. I mean, they played. Um, as well as I've ever had a team play as far as many short yard situations that they got put in in the first game of the year. It's incredible the way they made the stops that they made. So, you know, they bowed up. Um, they fought their tails off in that situation. And, uh, you know, and then at the end, we still had a chance. Even though they scored, we still got the ball back there. And then obviously we make a, a critical mistake and, and the game's over. But, uh, you know, it's all those mistakes that were made, those critical mistakes, those situations, those scenarios on offense, defense, and special teams. And no one needs to look in the mirror more than the coaches do to make sure we get the kids in the spots that we need to and the kids also need to take responsibility i think we we all have but we also need to look at the good that we did and make sure that that's a damn good team we played and uh you know we did a lot of good things and so we need to continue to build on both areas so you know the long-running storyline at utah throwing the ball and the receivers unable to make plays and it just seems to go on and on and on and it frustrates you fans and then you get two u transfers and coc mariner has eight catches for 118 yards the touchdown catch was a big time highlight real play caleb rep had five catches for 59 yards 
how, how does this happen? Receivers who can't make plays or can't get on the field are suddenly in a starring role on the road against a Power 5 opponent. I don't know anything about that part of it. I just I'm glad they're on our team, um, and it's fun to see those two kids have some success. You know, they've they've they were in they, and they had success. They had said it's not like those kids never did anything positive at Utah. They had some very very good success, and you know, um, on either side of the ball where where Caleb was playing, and COC has obviously been uh, a whole bunch of reps at Utah and had some some uh, exciting moments in his career there. We're just happy that he's in our program now and uh had a you know had a great game and and we need that we need to that's you know we are a high-powered offense and we pride ourselves on kids that turn around and make plays and and do those special things that they were able to do in that setting so um you know there was uh it was a great just to see coc with big smile on his face during the game obviously the outcome didn't have a smile on his face but uh He's a competitor. He's a tough-minded kid, and Caleb's the same way. And I thought Nick came in and played very, very well as a defensive end also for us. Um, he's solidified himself as uh, a major, major contributor on the on our defensive side of the ball after game one. It's a long ways away, obviously, and you're just focused at the present and on the present. But I'm wondering what are your thoughts about the Mountain West when you look at, obviously, Boise State, um, uh, Wyoming, CSU puts up a ton of points. I mean, these are your yep. opponents. They're down the line, but did you have to have any initial thoughts on, on how well these teams looked, how good these teams I looked? absolutely have initial thoughts on that, and I shared it with the leadership committee this morning. Um, you know they have to look at game one, and you understand you have to. When your enemy's out there on the horizon, you still have to study your enemy, um, and that's a big, it's an important factor. And right now we have a one-game ability to look at them and study them and understand who they are, and maybe may just from a simple score from what we see at this point. But uh, there's quality, there's quality coming at us. There's explosive offenses. There's some teams that won huge games at their homes. Um, you know, you look what Boise did to Florida State. You can't underestimate that. That is a that's a powerful, powerful, powerful victory um, uh, on the road, all the adversity that they fought, that they dealt with, and they're an experienced team. They got that offensive line that's extremely experienced, and Boise just basically wore out for uh, Florida State. I mean, wore them out, period. And uh, no one can say that they didn't because they did, and that's that's highly impressive. Uh, you know, what Wyoming did, what Nevada did. So we, we got quality opponents. There is, there is no layups. There is no easy outs in this league this year. It's going to be very, very interesting to see it play out because I think it is, uh, you know, highly competitive, and, and we know with the flop within our schedule that uh, you know we have we have uh, got ourselves into some big boy fights with some some quality teams that will be excited to play us, and we'll be excited to play them, and you know with the likes of the Fresnos and the San Diego States, and you know so on as we move forward. Gary Anderson, Aggie head coach, joining us. So when you're watching game, maybe you're watching the game, but if you're just hitting a, do you hit refresh if you're looking at your phone for a score? You, you know Jay Hill and and what's going on at Weber and San Diego State's on your schedule and it's it's three to nothing forever. It's six nothing final. Do you just keep hitting refresh like this can't be right? Yeah, it's interesting to see. You know, San Diego State, I, I have not thrown that film yet, but a couple of our coaches watched it. I guess it was uh, somewhere you could find it on a computer. I'm not smart enough to find it on a computer. So uh, San Diego State, it sounds like they were trying to, to run some spread stuff and do some things. And, you know, when we get to that point, we'll communicate with Jay, obviously, and talk with them as far as how they went about it. It'll be interesting to see if San Diego State stays 
you know, the same scheme. That's who they're going to be. Was there? You know, you never know until you watch the game film to see where it is. But uh, that's a it's a great effort by Weber to get themselves in that spot and uh, you know have an opportunity to potentially win the game with every snap as they went through there. Um, so uh, it's 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 good to see. And first games are a little skewed. We'll we'll see. But congratulations to them for playing the heck out of defense. And uh, you know they uh, they came up one 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 play short on offense from being a, a special win for the school. But uh, they obviously played pretty well on the defense side of the ball. There's Gary Anderson as they prepare for Stony Brook, a game that will be on Facebook Saturday at 5.30. That ought to be a blowout and an easy win for the Aggies. We'll take a break, and when we come back, Kyle Whittingham getting ready for the Utes and Northern Illinois. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Every Monday, 11 a.m., Kyle Woodingham with a press conference. We're going to let you listen in right now as he reacts to the win over BYU and looks ahead to the game with Northern Illinois. Okay, uh, moving on. Rivalry game's over. Time to move on to uh, next opponent, uh, Northern Illinois, team that gave us fits last year. It was uh, We were lucky to escape there with a win. Uh, very close game, physical game. And uh, like I said, we were fortunate to, to come away with the victory. Uh, got them at our place this year, um, changing coaching staff uh, for them. Um, so uh, you know, we have one game uh, to draw upon. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, we have to do some digging for you know from places that the coordinators have been and so forth. So, so still some unknowns in this game, but uh, at least we got a game, uh, one game to, to reference and and uh, study. And uh, so that's uh, that's positive. We got uh, extra day to prepare, a couple extra days. Um, brought the players in Friday, watched the game, uh, graded it. Uh, Got some things done, gave him the weekend off. And now we're back at it today. Um, so we'll go, uh, you know, pads today and tomorrow, take the pads off on Wednesday and get them fresh for the game on Saturday. So, questions? Hi, Kyle. You, you said a lot of positive things about morning games at the Pac 12 Media Day. Uh-huh. Um, you got a morning game. I think you guys are 8 and 2 in the Pac 12 since you, in morning games. Tell me what you like about morning games and are you excited to have one? Well, number one, not having to sit around all day. That's the, that's the biggest uh, advantage is, is you get to, you know, you wake up and shoot a little bit pregame meal at uh, about 7.45. And so it's, you wake up and you get going and, and, uh, you don't have to sit around for hours on end waiting for kickoff. So that's the that's the biggest positive. One one thing that stands out about the uh, offense in week one is you were one of 22 teams in the country that didn't turn the ball over. One of 28 that didn't allow a sack. Um, what what's meaningful about the way the offense started in week one? Well, taking care of the football is job one offensively, so that's great, uh, a great accomplishment to, to be able to do that and uh, not give up a sack as well. Now, we didn't throw a whole lot, and a lot of the throws were off action passes, and, and uh, typically you buy yourself a little more time on action pass. But but uh, that's, 
you know, we went into the game. We talked about playing clean uh, with uh, not only from the penalty standpoint, but from taking care of the football and and uh, keeping the pocket clean. And so I think that's uh, you know exactly what we were after uh, in that regard. You know, we would have liked to have been a little more prolific throwing the football, but but that'll come. And so we're not not overly concerned about that. But but uh, those things you pointed out were very important to us and and something that we were. Uh, stressing going into the game. Coach, speaking of the passing game, um, you mentioned after the game there was a lot of times because they were dropping eight guys back and Tyler was just kind of taking what was there. Right. Uh, do you expect that to maybe open up a little bit more if people start to stack the box to try to stop Zach a little bit more? Yeah, and it goes hand in hand. That's that's why a strong run game will open up your, your throw game because exactly that. they got to put extra hats in the box to, to defend the run and when that happens then you got a chance to get the ball up the field. And, and uh, in the rivalry game, there was a ton of drop eight and uh, not much chance to go over the top. And so you just take what's there. And And uh, Zach had a big night. Uh, Tyler did a good job taking care of the ball. In fact, Tyler was really, really sharp. I mean, the two two of the incompletions, one was a tip ball on the boot. The, de- the defensive player got a hand on it and they tipped it and, and it uh, went awry. And then the other one was the drop. So he was, uh, you know, he was really sharp. And, and we were pleased with where he, you know, where he, was as far as a starting point, but again, we got to get better as far as being more productive, throwing the ball and getting more chunk yards. Is that the run pass distribution balance you expect to see and want to see going forward? No, I was pretty run heavy in, in this last game, but again, it was because of the, the structure of the defense. You know, ideally, we want to be 50-50. I mean, that's uh, that's an ideal offense. You you know, the perfect offense. Offensive day would be no turnovers, 250 rushing, 250 throwing, and and uh, scoring in the red zone. But you know, very seldom you're going to get exactly that. But that's that's the objective is to be very balanced, and so teams can't load up on one or the other. Kyle, from a technical standpoint, can you explain to us why Zach Moss is so difficult to bring down on first contact? Yeah, well, first of all, he's strong as a bull. I mean, the kid is is built uh, incredibly. Uh, powerfully, you know, he's he's five ten and two hundred and twenty pounds, and and very good weight room strength. I mean, he's he's put together as well as any uh, back we've ever had come through here. Uh, he's got great balance. You know, he's hard to knock off his feet. He's he's uh, he's a guy that uh, you know has low center of gravity and and uh, stays on his feet. Uh, he's got great vision. You know, he's he's able to you know just sense tacklers and potential tacklers and and uh, come at angles that that doesn't give them much of a shot to get a, a good lick on him. So. Like you say, it's a new NIU coaching staff, and Sutton Smith is not there anymore. Yeah, but thank goodness. Yeah. They had some other sacks last year as well. Is there anything to be learned from that tape? Well, yeah, that we got to be ready to play every week. Uh, you know, first and foremost, we weren't. Uh, and I want to give them credit because I'm not going to say we just slopped around, but they they had a good plan against us, and and uh, they had good players. Sutton Smith is the one that really jumps out. Uh, he was a tremendous player, but uh, you know, we got to. It, it was just a testament that you got to be on your game, or or you're going to struggle. And so we got to be on our game. Uh, against BYU, obviously Jordan Wilmore was kind of the one that got most of the touches beyond Zach. Is that kind of where you're seeing it, or does Devontae and, and uh, uh, Devin kind of feed in there as well? All four of those backs will figure in. It was more Jordan in the first game. Uh, Devontae is going to have his role, and uh, Devin as well. And uh, But you know, Jordan, through fall camp, had earned the opportunity to have the 
you know the second most carries, and so uh, in that game he was the he was the he was the relief back and. and places Zach. Uh, Devin does some really good things in short yardage and pass protection and and so each of them have their strengths but but uh, like I've been saying all fall camp I'm very high on Jordan all uh, high on all four of those backs but Jordan has really opened some eyes uh, in the short time he's been here. Kyle Zach moved up to number three on the all-time rushing list at Utah he's closing in on Tony Lindsay and then Eddie Johnson. Can you just talk about he seems like a fitting guy to maybe be the all-time leading rusher in this program. Yeah, he's been uh, doing good things for us since his freshman year. Uh, he's been very steady, very consistent. And, uh, you know, like you said, it should be just a matter of time, barring anything unforeseen, where he takes over the number one spot. And that's a, that's a, a really – a good accomplishment when you look at all the backs that we've had come through here and and the production they've had and uh, so you know I'm, and Zach coming back one of the reasons that he came back was was just that you know had a chance to to uh, do some things that no backs have done here before and so uh, just off to a good start it's a long season a lot of football left but so far so good. Uh, to clarify the kicking did you say that Andrew will kick off and Jaden will do the field goals exactly yeah. and can you just kind of review how that whole competition evolved throughout August yeah uh, it was a three-man competition initially and then it got down to two um, and uh, partly because of performance performance it got down to two and partly because of injury you know it was it was going to get down to two either way and and uh, we had a guy go down with an injury and then uh, Jaden Redding was actually about two, about halfway at the midway point of camp, he was actually ahead statistically uh, as far as percentage made, uh, trajectory, uh, get off time. You know, there's several things that go into the equation. But then he got injured and missed, I think it was about 10 days. And uh, Andrew, uh, during that time, really started to come on and, and kick well. And then when Jaden got back, he still wasn't 100%, and uh, really wasn't 100%, 100% until just days before the opener. And so when Andrew struggled, uh, gave Jaden the opportunity to go in and show what he could do. Now he didn't really get tested, made a couple of PATs, but but uh, based on the whole body of work through fall camp and our inability to make a couple of kicks that we should have made in the game on Thursday night, Jaden will now get his shot. Kyle, do you have a, an update for us on on Bam's status? And no, I wish I did. It's more of the same. No no change. No change from what uh, we talked about. We're still waiting to get some things cleared up and again it's not academics as far as what he did at the junior college he's done all his part as far as that goes it's just a matter of determining eligibility based on uh, his time in London. Do, so. you, do you anticipate there being a, a time frame of when you decide to maybe redshirt him or not is there a point of no return for you guys? Uh, with, with that? Well you got those four games so I guess you could say it goes all the way to the last four games but <laughs> But the, you know, we want to find out sooner rather than later, obviously. And I think our compliance feels that we should have in the next two or three weeks an answer. So we, we hope that's the case. Kyle, how satisfying was it considering all the adversity Francis Bernard went through to see him go back to BYU and get a pick six? Well, it was awesome to see him play well and, and, and uh, excel. And uh, he's a great kid. I love Francis Bernard. He's one of our, our best leaders. He's been a, a model citizen since he's been here. Uh, all he does is work hard and uh, do what he's supposed to do. And so it's really gratifying when you see guys that are getting a, 
you know, I guess you can say a second chance or another opportunity to take advantage of it and uh, make the most of it. And he is certainly doing that at this point. You know, knock on wood. Hope everything stays in, you know, on track. Coach, how did the uh, secondary grade out with Julian's first real game at safety and Tariq and uh, and Jalen John seemed like they, uh, they they did their job? They did, and uh, Tariq especially uh, performed well. And that was, you know, it's a concern whenever you have a corner the caliber of Jalen Johnson. You know they're going to pick on the other side whenever they can, and Tariq held up very well. Uh, Julian was good in the post uh, at free safety. Uh, got a little aggressive at times, maybe played a little bit too shallow, but uh, he had a nice pick six off the deflected ball by. Tariq, who played that just right. In fact, Tariq should have had the interception. It uh, went right off his hands. But Julian tackled well, uh, ran all the, the coverage and, and uh, adjustments back there, the checks and the, and the adjustments. And and uh, I thought those guys did a good job, you know, and, and you know, credit to, uh, you know, they were getting the ball out quick. You know, the pass rush wasn't really a big factor on uh, Thursday night because the ball was coming out quick. And so it was really just a matter of the secondary doing their job. Based on how well you ran the ball in the second half, is the offensive line pretty settled? Is that still a work in progress over the next couple of weeks? Uh, I know I'd say it's pretty settled. We're just waiting for, uh, like we talked about before the game, two or three more guys to emerge and, and round out that, that two deep. You know, the two deep still isn't quite a, a solid two deep. It's about seven or eight guys, and we want to have ten guys that we, you know, ideally that, uh, that uh, you know, if somebody goes down, you get guys at each position to back up. Now, it's usually not the case. Usually you have one tackle who's your next best guy who will go in at either right or left. And same with the inside three, a guy that can you know spell a center or either guard. So so that's uh, there's always going to be a pecking order there. It's never going to be exactly you know, just a two deep in the front. But if we can get to if we can get to 10, we'd be elated. And we're, like I said, closing in on seven or eight right now. What did you learn watching the first weekend of Pac-12 football? Oh, what did I learn? Well, Oregon, uh, I thought they were going to pull that one out. I mean, Oregon uh, stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with Auburn, uh, you know, a top-20 SEC team and at their place and slugged it out. And, and uh, it was, you know, they, they should have won, really. I mean, they, they should have won the football game. And, and uh, it wasn't Auburn, right? It wasn't a neutral site. It was at Auburn. Is that right? Dallas. Dallas, that's right. Dallas. Okay, what was the... I was thinking wrong. Yeah, Dallas. Okay. Anyway, it was a it was a, a good showing by Oregon. I thought they played well, even though they didn't come out on the right end of it. Um, I'm trying to think here, SC took care of business, although losing the quarterback is was not ideal for them. Uh, I guess the only real, you know, Arizona was surprising. You know. What happened in Hawaii? Hawaii is well coached and a lot of offensive firepower, but um, then I don't think there was there any other major upsets. I don't think there was. Cal won. Oregon State had a tough one against Oklahoma State. Stanford beat uh, Northwestern. That was a good win for Stanford. Uh, yeah, USC beat Fresno. Watched that one the other night. Yeah, so I don't know if we know a whole lot more, David, than what we. You know, what we knew prior to the season, I think it's going to take two or three or four weeks before you start to get a feel for where we're at Kyle, as a league. Sorry, a, a two-parter. How did you guys come across Jaden Redding in the recruiting process, and what was that like? And secondly, I saw him wearing Matt's number 97. Is that going to be a new program thing? You know, some programs design certain numbers for, for positions due to prestige. Is that is that something that's going to happen due to Matt's 
abilities? Uh, you know, that's here? a good question. I never pay attention to uniforms or numbers or any of that stuff. And so that's just all up to the player. What they, you know, we let them choose their number as long as it's available. Obviously, I mean, you, you, know, you can have a few duplicates, but if you get too many duplicate numbers and you get issues on special teams, because that's illegal to have two guys out there with the same number. But but uh, how, he, how he arrived here, he just he reached out to us. You know, he's from back on the East Coast and uh, was a good high school kicker uh, looking for a place to play and uh, reached out and we uh, eva uh, evaluated his tape. Looked, he was doing some good things, so we invited him out here and and uh, he's uh, proven to have a strong leg. He's got good mechanics. I mean, he's a, he's a solid kicker. He just needs some more experience, just a freshman. There's Utah football coach Kyle Whittingham. When we come back, Kalani Sataki. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've heard from Gary Anderson and from Kyle Whittingham, and it is time now to hear from Kalani Sataki. We do this uh, every Monday morning, get you all the college football coaches and all their media availability and their press availability. And a reminder, DJ and PK, brought to you in part by Verizon. Verizon customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks, Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They've got a full range of services. Call today at 385-420-8221. That number again, 385-420-8221. It's Syringa Networks. All right, here is Kalani Sataki. What did you learn? Um, yeah, made we made too many, way too many mistakes. I think that was uh, that's kind of a given. I mentioned that after the game, but uh, a lot of good things to build on and to work on. And I thought uh, Utah did a great job at keeping the ball away and and uh, possessing the ball. And, and our offense didn't do enough to really uh, get more more first downs and, and get more plays in the second half. But um, even with all the mistakes, there's a lot of things we can still work on that uh, that. Um, I think there's some good things, but there's some things that we need to get done. And so we got an early start last weekend and uh, had a really good practice just now. And so looking forward to getting these guys ready for the Tennessee game. Hindsight's 2020, but do you uh, second guess the going forward on fourth down right off the bat there, or was that a pre-planned? Now, yeah, I second guess it. <laughs> but um, no, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I, th I thought the uh, you know just didn't convert it, and so. Um, just have to th think on more things as we go throughout. I think we have a, a tough defense to put, to get big plays on, you know, and and so um, there's a way we have to make teams earn it. But at the same time, um, I think uh, I felt really confident with, that we could convert that one. And so we'll see as we go along this week if I feel that same way against Tennessee in the matchups. You guys on Williams only had seven carries against Utah. Do you plan on getting more carries in Tennessee? Yeah, if we can get more than 15 plays in the second half, that's the key, right? And it's like um, we're going to give them 15 carries in the first 15 plays, you know. So uh, there's ways to get them the ball the best way. I think we had, what, 40 plays in the first half. And so if we can get 40 plays, that means we're converting uh, third downs and we're getting first downs and we're driving down the field, then, then there'll be more opportunities for them to, to get the ball. 
Zach Moss obviously a very talented running back, mm-hmm. but there were times that guys appeared to have a shot at him and couldn't bring him down. Do you wish he'd been more physical to help with that, or do you just think that was just him being a great running back? Um, a little bit of both. You know, I thought maybe um, some of the guys stayed on the field a little bit too long and probably could have came off, and uh, we could have had a better rotation, keep our guys fresh. But he's a great back. You know, I think he was projected to get be an early draft pick last year, so or earlier this year, but. I still think he's going to be a high draft pick, and um, he's a good player. But uh, I'd be more concerned if there was no one in the area to make plays. But I definitely didn't do a good enough job, um, you know, just getting on top of him and, and not allowing him space to to make plays. But he's he's got great vision and he's patient with his, with the blocks, and um, we didn't do well enough get, to get off, get him off the field. And, and he got stronger as, as the game went on, and that's good signs of a, of a really great back. Any concern about your team's confidence moving forward after that? You know all the buildup to that Utah game. No, I know the guys are really hurt after it, but they had to get. We, we came to work the next day and, and got to learn from it and move on. I, I think uh, didn't really matter the result. We would have to put it away and learn from what, what we can and move on to the next one. So we don't have uh, with the schedule that we have right now. We don't have time to really to dwell on it much or pat ourselves in the back. So. Regardless of the, or the result on Saturday, we have to get ready for the next one, you know. But uh, right now, I mean, I, I felt like it was just easier for us to get over it and move on. But um, we just we, we had a, a great opportunity and we missed to capitalize on it. And um, we don't we won't get that one back, you know. So we got to move on and, and keep working and, and and take it out on Tennessee, who's coming off of uh, a similar th- deal. So you have two teams that are uh, pretty upset about the performance in the first in the first week, and so. A lot of teams make great, great um, improvement from week one to week two, and let's see who who does the best adjustments and is ready for this one. Last year, depth was a big talking point for you, Utah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel your depth fared this time around? Our depth was actually held up, and we we came out of the game healthy. You know, uh, pretty much healthy. I think we had uh, didn't have anyone that's, that we're going to lose for this next week. So that that's a good sign. Um, and so I, I thought the depth held up. I think we could have used more depth on the on the defense and probably leaned on it heavier. And that's hard to do when you have guys that are kind of veteran, guys like Isaiah and Zane that don't want to come off the field because they've missed out on the whole year from last year. And there are others. And we just have to be uh, more mindful in keeping them uh, fresh, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's just allowing our guys to just trust uh, the guy behind them to come in when they're tired to, to play and have effective reps. Do you as far expect as Moreau and I to play uh, Saturday? I expected him to play last week, and, and um, you know, it didn't clear. It wasn't anything to do with academics or anything like that. It was more of the uh, didn't clear the uh, the training room regimen. So uh, he's practicing, so we'll see what happens with, with that going to this week. But uh, we'd like to use him. He can help us. In the fourth quarter, we saw a lot of uh, nice Amahe. Was Kairos Tonga healthy? Mm-hmm. Is, is his status clear for this? Yeah, game? he's actually he's healing up, and he, he got banged up a little bit, but we anticipate him being ready for this week and practicing with us and everything. Same with Keenan Peely as well? Yeah, yeah, both those guys. And they, I think there's a lot of guys that it's the first week with, uh, you know, with um, the excitement and the, and the uh the, the adrenaline going to the game, some of their legs get get a little caught up and cramps happen here and there. But uh, I don't think that was a big issue, except for the long drives. Guys are just on on the play on the on the game field way too long. You guys did a lot of three man fronts, three man pressures. Can you guys improve that in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback with those? You're gonna have to bring more guys. You think we brought five man pressures just as much too. So it wasn't all just three man. Just the three man one is more visible when they're going in the five step drop back pass, which. Utah didn't do much of, you know. I think a majority of their passes were more 
uh, quick throws or play action pass or boot. And so uh, not a lot of opportunities to get sacks when they're not forced into a, uh, taking five-step drops. And uh, that team doesn't have to do it if they don't, if they don't want to. And so the, the goal was try to get a lead on them so that they have to lean on the pass a little bit more where we can be more effective in pass rush and probably pressure them, but we weren't able to do that. Did you have a chance to watch the Georgia State-Tennessee game? So I did, yeah, and then I watched it on film again. So, yeah, this uh, was impressed with Georgia State, their ability to execute. and they were, You know, for whatever reason, it's just uh, week one's crazy, man. And and I think Tennessee, uh, they're going to they're gonna be ready for this game, though. And so I, I think there's some things that we would like to take back and wish we did better in game one, but you just have to learn from it, you know, and, and – uh, you got to put it away, but learn as much as you can, put it away, and then move on to the next one. And that's what I love about college football. We're on to the next week, and uh, that's where our focus is going. Could you? Just how does your team's perception of Tennessee, uh, how does that loss affect their perception, or does it at all? And oh, no. Be better if they had won. Well, it's just it's different because, you know, they're, they're a great coaching staff, Coach Pruitt and uh, Jim Cheney. They're going to have that team ready to roll. And so when you watch film, you can you notice that there's a lot of athleticism, size, strength and there's a lot of great looking athletes on the field um it just there are things like it was just like a lot of uh bad things that happened at the wrong time for those guys you know and so uh it's it's an opportunity who which team is going to learn the most and execute cleanly and and minimize mistakes and so um i know they're they're going to be focused on us just like we are on them and and there's some things that, that they're embarrassed with in that first week just like we are you know but that's uh, only one team's going to win this week, and I think it's going to be the one that's best prepared and motivated. But when you watch them on film, you can't help but notice the size and their the strength and the athleticism. There, there's some great looking kids on that team. How did you assess Zach's play against Utah? Yeah, he did some good things. I think there's some things that uh, obviously you can always get better, and the quarterback's going to get the um, the majority of the um, the criticism, you know. But I think he's open for it. He's he's he knows there's some things he could have done differently, but. Um, you know, we just have to learn from it. I, I think the uh, the pick six has really hurt, you know, for for defense, and it kind of took the wins out of their sails a little bit when when you're you know, the two touchdowns and then uh, a fumble on, in the red zone area. That's really hard to, to come back from. But I still think we we should be able to fight through all that, you know. And, and um, that was a, that's that's where we had to, have to see our guys step up and not really worry about the the scoreboard, especially that last, last nine minutes. And that's where we have to if we have to change personnel because our guys are too gassed and we got to do it. The number of design runs for Zach, do you want that to go down or do you want that to be a key piece of this offense going forward? No, he's healthy. He can handle it. I just think that he shouldn't slide as much. doesn't really help him, you know. So just go play football because he can make people miss. And I, I'm not really interested in seeing quarterbacks slide a lot because they're not getting protected really that much. This is your first of, I guess, three trips to the Eastern time zone. Have you guys changed anything this year in terms of prepping, or is it status um, We'll practice. We'll go a little early. We'll go on Thursday. So try to get um, adjusted to the time. And But I think uh, I think the game is, is an evening game, so it should work out. Not not as muggy. I mean, it's still going to be hot. But, yeah, we're, we're going to try to practice in, in our dead heat. It's not going to be the same humidity, but our guys are in good shape. They should be ready for the game. How important are these games against Power 5 opponents, programs that you don't see often towards building the 
perception in the in the program mm-hmm. under your watch? Well, I, I think I said this years ago that I'd like the schedule because we can see where we match up when we went against Wisconsin 2017. The things that we learned from that game when we uh, faced Utah and then getting ready for those games. We, it's not like we're well, there's games that you just know physically we're not matched up well enough for them and then athletically. And so we're starting to make those changes and develop our players to get ready for those those type of schedules, you know, and those that and uh, those teams. But um, I feel really good about it. I just don't. I just wish we'd had better performance uh, last week. You know, and, and I think we could play better than that. Um, but that's not taking anything away from Utah. I think they put you in a, in a, in a tough spot defensively. They put you in a really bad – making bad decisions as a, with a quarterback. And they're, they're a high-intense high, high defense, which causes a lot of mistakes and mishaps. And that's what they live off of. And that's what they did on defense and what we didn't do well enough on defense. And that's one thing that we got to get better at. Tyler Huntley made some disparaging comments post-game. How, are you aware of those comments? And how, Yeah, I heard it. it. Um, I, I don't listen to it. I mean, I, I don't. He's a kid. It, it seemed like he was being playful and being silly, you know. And uh, he's a good kid. I, I, I hope people aren't coming too hard on him. I think he was kind of laughing and maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I looked at when when I was at Utah and Max Hall made those comments. It's not like I was really upset or went crazy over it. I just, was, you know, some of the some fans made T-shirts of it and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, We'll see what kind of T-shirts come out of this one, but I, I think it was being—I think he's being playful, and I think he's been being silly and just kind of goofing around. And I don't think there's anything that, that was mean-spirited or anything from that. Can Jeff Graham's experience having coached in the SEC help you guys in this matchup? Yeah, definitely. And and I think that uh, you know his uh, knowing the, the opponents, but also there, there's some there's some film, there's a from us we we know them pretty well, uh, just not just by who they are, Cheney and all those. I mean. Um, we have Mateos that was a GA when Cheney was at was at uh, at Arkansas, and I know Grimes coached with their, with a couple of their coaches at Auburn before. So, and uh, we know a lot of what what Pruitt and, and what Nick Saban, all those the connections they have. So there's a lot of similarities in what they do, program wise in the SEC and defense and offensive scheme. And so all I know is that they're great athletes and really well coached. And it's it's hard for those teams to have uh, two bad. Uh, performances in a row and so our job is to be- get their best shot and, and expect their best shot and then make sure that they get ours in return and what areas do you think your wide receivers can improve moving forward uh yeah well i mean i think uh, when you're dealing with man coverage you got to get open you know and, and um we got to get them the ball and i think that uh from what i saw i don't think there's a lot of drop there were any drops there were just guys trying to make plays and uh, we just have to get better uh, connection with our quarterback. That's what we're working on, especially with press man coverage. And, and uh, I thought we were ready for it. We just – I don't feel like we had enough opportunities in the second half. Defense couldn't get off the field. And um, Utah did the smart thing by by grinding out the clock and and, and possessing the, the, the time. And so I think uh, leaning on heavily on the run game to hold the clock and, and secure their lead was a smart move by them. But – Offensively, we we have to find ways to put the put points on the board. I think instead of converting field goals and with with the mistakes that we had on, in the red zone, we got to convert those to touchdowns, and then it's a probably different game. And not, not uh, you know looking at strategies probably changes how they come out in the second half. I know you had limited reps in the second half, but how did you value your offensive line overall? How they did a really good job. I mean, there's some things. There's uh, that's that's one of the best D line uh, D lines in the country, and so. Um, but you can't just sit there and have moral victories, you know. We expected them to do that from the beginning, and um, we expect them to do that every week. And, and they're they're really capable of doing it. I, I, 
there are some mistakes that we had, but um, for the most part, not a lot of mind blowing. It wasn't like big time critical errors on the O line. They they uh, thought they held their own, you know. And obviously, we wish we had more plays and more opportunities. But I was pleased with the the, the way they took the field. That O line, they're, they're all coming back next year, so that's going to be good for us. Were you okay with the way Jaron Hall was used and the timing of those kind of gadget plays or wildcat plays? I don't know. I think you have to kind of evaluate all of it, right? And this is looking at the momentum and, and how things are going. And so I think everything can be really criticized. And that's my job as a head coach is to look at it and think of better ways to, to, if our efficiency in the red zone wasn't good enough, then that's on me to figure out why. And so there's different ways that we can approach it. But I, I think, um, I think it's, it's fair to, to, to criticize ourselves and the decisions we made as a coaching staff. Uh, when we get on, you know, when we get on to the next week, but when we learn, it's not just on the players to learn; it's on the coaches as well. There's the Cougars coach Kalani Sataki as they get ready for Tennessee, and we'll be right back with what is trending and all the headlines. Stay with us.